Hey everyone, and welcome back to yet another episode of Alpha Metallica. This is your host, Tom Quee here. If you're not familiar with the show, and you've just jumped in at My Friend of Misery, because you fucking love this song, and why not? I do as well. Welcome. We are going through every single song of Metallica's back catalogue. We are at episode... I mean, it's like 90-something, like uh, 99, actually. 99, we're on the cusp of a whole century of my world coming next week. So, uh, yeah, we go through the songs pretty much me and a guest occasionally if the guest drops out or it's a lulu song i have to do it solo but today i do have a guest just before we get to the guest and today's song please follow us at metallica pod get in touch with me metallica pod at gmail.com i'm always looking for guests especially because you may have noticed that metallica is now twice weekly while releasing episodes on a monday and on a thursday so i'm burning through that back catalog a lot quicker it's looking like people the end of the show is going to be around in fact i've got the exact date the show will end on the 7th of October this year, 2019. So if you want to come on, I think I've got about 30 songs, maybe 20, 30 songs available. Quite a few gaps on this Excel spreadsheet as we get to the S's and the T's and stuff like that. So get in touch with me, com. If you want to come on and do a song, I'll give you the list. We'll agree to it and we'll get you on. And, you know, with today's guest, actually, um, I think we agreed the song literally like a, like a year ago. We discovered it. We discussed it in March. We agreed to it in March 2018. We're now in 2019. And um, you can follow the show at MetallicaPod on Twitter. One of the things we always do is go to the Twitter and ask for feedback. Got loads of great feedback to read out at the end of this episode. Got the, got the Patreon there as well, patreon.com forward slash Alpha Metallica. If you enjoy the show, you want to get back to the show, leave us a review on iTunes, all that sort of stuff. I recently, there's this really cool website. People who do podcasts might not be aware, but it's quite difficult to access your podcast reviews from around the world. Like I get the, you know, the, the Great British ones and the US ones, if I can sort of change the hyperlink or whatever. But it's this very cool website that my friend turned me onto that gives you all your reviews from all over the world. And I used it recently, and there's one review that says, great content, but this guy speaks way too fast. I've listened to it at half speed. So uh, apologies to that listener if you're still out there, if you're still dealing with me. But uh, yeah, leave a review if you enjoy the show. If you don't enjoy the show, give me a bit of feedback on there. But uh, yet today we're getting to my friend of misery with my man matt he's studying in north wales matt how's it going man hey yo yeah it's going bro mate how's it going very well very well I mean, that, you know we, we just started speaking about two minutes ago best way to know someone yeah. tell like how did it start for you well i mean for me um i started to learn play uh, the guitar when i was about 10 years old and when um i wasn't really much of a big music listener believe it or not back in the day um but after i started learning to play then uh it really opened up my world to like discovering different bands and like different songs that have like different, you know, guitar sounds. And, um, when I started listening, I mean, I got into Metallica, like obviously, uh, enter Sandman, you know, oh, yeah. stuff like that. And, um, after I started like properly listening to it, I started buying more albums of theirs. And then, um, I, it basically just you know snowballed from there. I just became hooked on it. I thought it was like the best. is is just like amazing how they can do all these different sounds with just like their guitars. And that was basically it. And then I just went to emulate it with my play, the guitar playing as well. Mm-hmm. What, what what can you play? What's the hardest metallic song you can play note for note? Um, well, I've actually got like a big Spotify playlist of like the um, songs that I can play, and uh, there's about um, at least forty Metallica songs on there. Okay. Um, I think the hardest one I can play or at least attempt to play yeah. is like I've nearly nailed like Master of Puppets like with just downstrokes Jesus fuck me like nearly nearly okay yeah not, yeah not, yeah not, yeah. Like uh, that, probably my favorite Metallica song to play though is uh, the Four Horsemen. That is just terrific. Yeah, yeah, those kill 'em all things are such. It, it, they're really like unbridled joy, isn't it? That's like like, like when you first start to play guitar and just riffing away. Like they're such great emblematic oh, sure, things. Yeah. Like uh, so, um, you know, 
familiar with the back catalogue then, where do you rank the Black Album? We're going to be talking about the Black Album today. Is that like a top three record? Is that your favourite record of theirs? Or Honestly, um, the, I wouldn't, at, at this point now, I would say the Black Album is probably maybe like number five. Okay. Um, but yeah. overall, like enjoyment out of it, i got to say it's like number two, literally just because of... Um, there's just such a wide range of different songs on there. Sure, like the tempo is like a little slower, and you know I, I like a good thrashy song myself. Oh, yeah. But uh, you know it's very melodic. It's very it's very easy to listen to. I mean, it was like the commercial success, you know, that that got most people into it. So that That's does right. make sense. But I mean, um, honestly, yeah, out of enjoyment throughout the whole time I've been listening, it's definitely got to be a good number two. And it's surprising going back looking at this song. I, I didn't realise it was the longest song on the album by about 10 seconds or so. Actually, by four seconds. So, Wherever I May Roam is 6 minutes 44, and this is 6 minutes 48. T- to me, in general, Matt, the song flies by at quite a pace. It never feels turgid or laboured. Oh, yeah, no. it's it could, Because it got, like, so many different parts in the song. Because, it, it's again, it's, like, quite a slow tempo if you listen to Lars's yeah. drumming. Um but because there's so much different stuff happening, like you've got the intro and then you've got like multiple verses, then you've got multiple solos as well. You know, it, mm-hmm. it just keeps you excited for like throughout the whole song. It feels like there's no time passing at all. So let's jump into the song then. And fair to say one of the most iconic intros Metallica have ever done with that bass. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, like, um, I think it was probably um, Jason's first, like, you know, big bass intro to a song. I think it's, like, a really good way to open up a song listening to it. I mean, listen to it before um, we got on this call, and it just reminded me, wow, this is such a killer bass line, because it goes throughout, like, the whole song, and it's just so catchy. It does. Sometimes you forget about it. It's front and centre early on, but when riffing's going on later, especially in the pre-chorus and stuff, you can just hear Jason doing the same riff. Just going along, yeah. uh, you know, the, with the same iron in the fire. And it, and it is memorable. It's got a kind of burbling movement tone. And he really does feel, or sonically, it really feels to me quite marooned, quite isolated, quite quite insular. It's a very foreboding, inward-looking kind of movement, isn't it, that intro riff? Yeah, that's an interesting way of putting it. Um, yeah, no, I quite like that. Very foreboding, yeah. Because, I mean, like, it does... Because he does start with it, and then there's, like, the... Um, like the interlude in the middle where um i think kirk's playing like his hammer-ons um mm-hmm. and the you know the bass line is still going it like you know it brings it down a bit um back to where the song began and then it like goes into it again with uh, when the solos properly begin and this was supposed to be an instrumental song obviously there's no instrumentals on the black album it was the first metallic album at the time that dispensed with the wordless songs and this is from joel mckiver's justice for all joel was obviously on the show about a month ago that was a really good episode and it says quote it emerged some years later that jason's intro was several minutes long and that he'd hoped it would stay that way but it was not to be although he retained it for his solo spot in the subsequent live shows i mean have you seen him playing something very similar in cunning stunts have you seen that instrumental break he does um, no, I haven't actually. Yeah, so so he kind of it, it sounds a lot like this, and he's sort of sitting on the stage, spotlit, just sort of staring into the fretboard as if he's staring into infinity or something like that. <laughs> and I love, I love, yeah, absolutely love this riff. And um, you know, one of the things that 
often I critique Metallica 4, a uh, recent episode, really fun episode with Jack was the Murder 1 episode, and he pointed out that they did it on Murder 1, and they do it on The Day That Never Comes as well, is where the guitar builds, it adds, you know, it becomes a bit more corporeal, yeah. a bit more body to it, uh, and then it gets fleshed out and blah, blah, blah. This doesn't exactly happen here, though. Um, the riffs, the bass riffs, more of a sort of starting block for it to pick itself up off. But um, what do you make of when James and Kurt come in, the stabs the guitars the riffing over the top before the verse well i mean i i, I really like when it starts with the bass line and then it just goes to like a you know the big power chords to start it like mm-hmm. um it's, it's a really powerful way to actually begin it um and then when the drums start coming in as well um when the, the proper beat comes around and then the um the main riff actually starts with uh james and kirk that's when it, um the song becomes like properly the song and it you know it starts getting catching it all starts with the bass line yeah and you know we don't get too much embellishment despite how long this song is i don't think there's much wasted airtime you know we get the positive pruning influence of mr bob rock and this was sorely missed on justice on huge uh, huge swarves of death magnetic and saint anger pretty much every riff after bob rock you know he doesn't allow a riff to establish itself for too long, you know, for it to linger for more bars than necessary. For him, a verse riff is the verse riff. You sing over that. And I love how when the song begins just with, you know, you just stood there screaming, like we're straight into the fire in My Friend of Misery from the verse. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, it's interesting what you say about how um, the riffs don't usually linger for too long. I think the the only um, example i can think of is uh, man unkind from the recent album because I, I can play that on guitar as well and yeah. playing it it's just it the same riff just keeps going it's so it's really yeah. boring to play um but as opposed to my friend of misery like you say you know they don't waste any time they they know exactly where james is going to be singing and what guitar parts going to be playing um and they establish which parts are going to be where obviously yeah yeah i mean off the top of my head i think songs like say um invisible kid even end the line has a few move. even though i love that song i think it has a few movements that are a little auxiliary not and justice for all the song as well i will always say it's too long it's it's one of metallica's best songs it's just too long it doesn't have a middle movement they just weaponize yeah. the early soft part and put some distortion on it, which is just very lazy for me, very, very un-Metallica. But yeah, the song sounds fucking ginormous. Like the Black Album, it just, there's so much breath, you know. Uh, talking about the claustrophobic justice, those suffocating realms that we've came through, it's so different. And the chorus is gigantic. And I love that, now, 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 the misery riff that James is singing over. I don't know about you, it feels very Pantera to me feels very groove metal oh sure yeah yeah i've never thought of it like that but um no, I, I get where you're coming yeah. from um with the uh the vocals and the chorus i really like um especially in the second chorus the uh the vocals go very um his vo- vocals are able to go very low very uh gritty um metal sounding and then you know hits those high notes pretty well as well it really does, and it hits the... Like, James has a lot of variety in his vocal delivery here, like in the second verse. You know, but something's wrong with all you see. And it's, remember, as what he's whispering, he's parlaying off. He still has the huge, throaty misery here. And, you know, towards the end of the song, when he's... You know, you just stood there screaming, just a line in the verse. But towards the end of the song, it becomes almost a mantra for him and Kirk, who is kind of wailing call and response after that solo. I mean, to me, yeah. 
I think it's quite clear for both of us, this is a great song. This is a song that we really, really enjoy. And one of the things that I like to do is go through my giant uh, library uh, of Metallica books and see what other, you know, esteemed Metallica critics thought of the song. Now, Mick Wall, Mick Wall possibly has written the best biography of Metallica. I don't know if you've read Enter Night by Mick Wall. Um, no, I haven't. It's it's, very, you know, it's just very cleanly written. Uh, you know, it's very succinct. He's a Kerrang journalist. He, the, you know, the guy's a legend in the scene, no doubt. Um, he doesn't like this song. Quote, Tellingly, the Black Album's weakest track is its longest and the one which harks back most to the band's earlier days. My Friend of Misery, a mid-paced, blustering meditation on the ego ravages of stardom. Buried at the back of the album, this is the only track on which Jason Newstead was given a co-credit, and it was saved only by its Who-like midsection, where Hammett's guitar at least brings to it a certain poise. I mean, nonsense Mr. Wall is speaking there, right? Yeah, it's, well, I mean, it's it's a bit unfair, really. Just because it's the second to last song on the album doesn't mean they pushed it back so it's the last thing that Yeah, yeah, hit. it's on the album. Like, if they're going to push Isn't it back, it? they yeah. wouldn't include it. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's it's kind of absurd. I mean, yeah. um, but over, overall, I mean, to be, I mean, when, when I, honestly, this is like a really bad thing to admit, but I mean, when, <laughs> when I used to listen to albums, I used to listen to like the first half and then I wouldn't explore any further. I know what you mean. Um, I know what you mean. Yeah. 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 I mean, this was, this was when I was much younger. Mm-hmm. Um, now I can appreciate a full album for what it's yeah. worth, but, uh, but just because, yeah, just cause it's near the end. I mean, what was the last song in, uh, in the black album again? Uh, yeah. It's cause, uh, cause the struggle within struggle within. Yeah. Because I mean, cause they, cause, um, my friend of misery and the struggle with within both have like a very similar pacing, so I think they work yeah. well together. So either way of where they were going to be in the album, I think they would have ended up next to each other anyway. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Mick at least points out the who like middle section, which is one of the highlights of the Black Album entire for me. I think this whole instrumental section is breathtaking. You know, it, it's made up of four parts and it's very progressive. It's like a minute 40. I think it's a minute 50 or something like that. It's really, really long. So we begin with the first part where it pairs down back to the riff that opened it, back to the Newstead riff. And it seems a lot to me, Matt, like Whale Song almost. Um, you know, the kind of backward guitar, very reminiscent of the intro to Damage Inc. Oh yeah, sure thing. Um, yeah, because I mean, it's it's very. I really love the sounds that sort of thing um, that that Hammett's playing. Was it? Um, it's very haunting. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, I think uh, I, I don't know if it's got a name, but in the way that that is played is um, when when you're playing guitar, you you smack your finger on the neck. That's a hammer on, and yeah. then but you have the volume really low, and then when after you play the hammer on, you turn up the volume. Yeah, you're so it's swelling it, right? Like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's, it almost sounds like a, like a orchestral violin kind of sure. thing. Um, so it's a really, really cool technique that they haven't really used that much. But the fact that, like, you know, they bring it down, they, you know, they play that little, uh, what do you call it? Smelling? S- swelling, I would call it, yes. Oh, oh smelling, right. Okay. <laughs> smelling. Um, yeah, so I, I dread to think what the studio smelled like in 91, but, um, but yeah. But, <laughs> I dread to, <laughs> um, six and beer, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we, have the, we have the swelling there, which honestly in my eyes could have gone a little bit longer then into something very unexpected very surprising that gorgeous b-bender arpeggio section um you know you never heard the band do anything like this before or since but it really works oh yeah yeah because i mean it's almost like it really reminds me of the um 
the the verses of uh, Unforgiven Two. Yeah, the fact yeah, it's yeah, like course, a, yeah. it's, it sounds very similar to that. Yeah, just um, same I, technique. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I love the um, the arpeggios of the chords while uh, with oh, with the great bends as well because mm-hmm. it ju- it just makes it sound dead melodic and you know it, you know it brings it down. It, it makes it sound like it's almost like a different song sandwiched in between the two main bits. Yeah, it really, yeah, emotionally it goes into uncharted territory. And I love when the arpeggios are happening with the B-bender. There's some pulsing in the left channel. You can hear another guitar just playing a few notes, fleshing it out slightly. Then into the first of the two lead sections. And the tone on the first section, which is kind of the harmonized tone. I love the way it comes in as well. It's just so commanding and authoritative. It sounds a bit like to me like it's been rerouted for an old, like, Nintendo SNES or something. It's got kind of a <laughs> video gamey tone, if you know what I'm getting at, kind of 80s. Yeah. I, I, I kind of, I'm struggling a way to better describe it. You know, it's it, it's in stark contrast to the more full-on lead tone that Kirk gets into in the second half. But what do you make of that sort of harmonised section? Um, yeah, the harmonised section bit is uh, is really great. When you say it comes, it sounds like it's coming through like an old SNES or something. Yeah. Um, I think it sounds more like... Uh, if you were to record something and coming out of like a radio, sure, um, that you know, it's sort of like it's kind of tinny, but um, yeah, yeah. It's, oh yeah, it's got. I, I love the tone of it because it is sort of like it's very um, compressed. It's very mm. raw kind of thing, even. Um, but the harmonies as well, yeah. No, I mean they're they're absolutely wonderful at doing the uh, the harmonies together. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's you know again another unexpected little classical flourish there after the arpeggios. They're going through all these different techniques, and then we get into you know Kirk with his heaving lead, these huge tidal shells of bends that are just crashing like you know these these giant octave shifting uh, you know pulls here uh, like an alcoholic trying to get the last drops of whiskey from a bar cloth you know he's just proper like oh like he's got the neck in his hands and he's throttling it i think it's excellent i think uh, in terms of a narrative there isn't really one there with this fourth section but the first the trilogy of lead breaks have been so compelling that it's just sort of doing its job as a guitar solo in a metallica song um but i think it sounds terrific i think you know the wah sounds excellent as well and kirk plays that very well then we quickly get back into the song, back into another misery chorus, and then the song kind of concludes with James, they say, stood there screaming, and Kirk is wailing in the caller response. And then we have even more lead breaks where Kirk doing what he always loves to do. He does this all the time on Load and Reload, and I tell him off for it when he does him on you know, Death Magnetic <laughs> and Hardwired because it's very lazy, but here it works where he's, well, 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 you know, just aping the chorus riff. Um, I think that blends quite well. Yeah, I mean, um, there's yeah, it doesn't usually uh, take advantage of like um, t- taking over um, when James is singing with his guitar solo. Mm-hmm. But over, on on like the final um, chorus, you know, as you say, he is playing this third, you know, terrific textbook yeah. Kirk solo. Oh, yeah, and you know, it does work really well. It's it's al- almost like the culmination of all the song that um, has come before it has led to the mm-hmm. fact that everything's happening once. You know, you got a great. Um, You've got great fills coming from Lars in the final solo. You've got um, James screaming his uh, voice off. You've yeah, got yeah. Um, Kurt going for it with the final solo. You've still got uh, Jason plodding along with his uh, <laughs> Still line. doing the same thing, yeah, and it, it still works. <laughs> like. 
Yeah, yeah, it, it all just comes together nicely for a good conclusion, really. It, yeah, it really, really does. It's a wonderfully constructed song. Like, there's not an inch of it that I feel is flabby. I think they could have indulged it a little bit further. I think this could have been a seven and a half minute, and that would have been any problem to me. Um, how do you, how do you read the lyrics? Mm, um, yeah, the lyrics. It's like because uh, I mean, obviously. Um, a lot of the lyrics from James come, came from like you know his experiences, you know letting letting out some of his demons. So I mean, mm-hmm. um, fair dues like you know singing something that's you know outwardly saying I have a friend that is misery. You know it's it's yes. actually kind of brave because mm-hmm. it is you know it's a very um, vulnerable position he's putting himself in. I mean it it kind of makes sense you know that the song has been performed that many times live um, because of that. Maybe maybe because he has like quite an emotional attachment to the mm-hmm. fact that it is his cry of misery um only again, only sorry. 18 times only 18 times only 18 yeah. times yeah which but you, you know, thought this would have been a staple of of the black album tour you know what i mean it's a song that everyone knows and that is interesting they debuted it in 2012 in prague may 2012 yeah yeah so i like um they, they, that was like a gig in that time when they just did a load of underplayed songs, or songs they never played. I think it was um, also so- when they were doing the Black Album, um, the anniversary sort of thing. I think they were doing it backwards or something, which, oh. which oddly would have made this the second song they played from the record. They did it at Download Festival, interestingly, in uh, June yeah. 2012. But um, but yeah, they only played it. They only played it 18 times. They played it, last played it March 1st, 2013, in Melbourne, Australia. But yeah, what you say about the title? The title is kind of interesting to ponder, isn't it? Because you know, is it saying like? You know, because he's talking about someone else. Um, you know, through the pronouns, you is always employed. But mm. my friend of misery is in kind of someone who's comforted by their darkness to a certain extent, which I'm sure Dave James was. You know, didn't maybe necessarily want to be. Yeah. That had always been part of his life, and you know, it was always something that he could resort to. Um, yeah, the the lyrics are um really powerful. Actually, being smothered out in tragedy, being out to save the world. Uh, one man's fun is another's hell. Like, it's quite powerful. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, it's so. I mean, with one man's fun is another's hell. It's obviously one man's trash is a treasure. Yeah, yep. But I mean, it, you know, it, it's kind of showing that, um, despite the fact that maybe you do find something that everyone enjoys fun as very hellish, you know, it, it you could feel a bit isolated. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, it, but then again, I think it's fair to say everyone does feel misery. So there's the kind of thing, you know, kind of bring it back. You know, even if you know you do feel sad, you do feel miserable everyone feels that at some point you know it's not supposed you know you don't have to be alone that kind of thing it's maybe kind of a message mm-hmm. going across mm-hmm. and of course you know the uh, the protagonist of the song is the friend of james so you know he's saying there's so much more to life than what you see as well he's kind of trying to put a positive band but the song does have a power um you know the song is quite quite desolate um as i say and I, I the range of emotions in it is absolutely fantastic really this wasn't necessarily a song that i listen to all the time or whatever obviously i know it well but the build-up to this episode I've just been digging it so hard i think it's absolutely tremendous and as we always do we go onto the twitter at metallica pod what do you guys think of the song? Got some good responses always. Uh, Skull of Yorick saying, makes you wonder what kind of stuff Jason brought to the band that never got used but should have been. Cole saying, good song. I don't love it, but I don't skip it. To me, this is one of those songs that when you look at an artist's future work, you see some of the biggest steps in that direction. I could see this song on load or reload. Six out of ten. C- could you see it on load or reload, Matt? Um, I'm not too sure. Um, I think load and re- I think the drum, the the uh, the drums are a bit too aggressive to be considered very load or reload. Sure. So you know, it's it's sure it's not very like it's not got a high tempo or anything. But you know, 
Lars is pounding these drums like the snare, especially, and he's going ham on cymbals. You know, yeah. he's he's really you know letting a lot of um a lot of energy mm-hmm. through the drums with this song, especially and definitely throughout the uh, the black and the black album, and not necessarily as much throughout Load and Reload. So uh, I fair. think I think load and reloads with my friend of misery that's not necessarily yeah good comparison yeah yeah uh robert's saying the hidden gem of the black album could have been better if it was an instrumental now would this song work to you without the lyrics and the melody i i, I don't think there's necessarily that much going on in the verses to warrant that well i mean you, you say that but then you've got um suicide and redemption and then the, the verse true. Now, they ain't got nothing going on that's true um um but I think the song really works as um, an actual song with uh, lyrics in it because James is singing and it is just so powerful. I think because he can sing really, um, he does sing really well in this song, you know, his high notes are really powerful. Mm. Um, I think, you know, it really, during recording at least, came through, you know, something else, you know, not just through his uh, vocal cords and lungs, but, you know, through something else while he was recording that because it's just so loud, it's so diverse as well. Anya's saying, not one of my favourites, but I like the melancholy quality to it, with James switching between powerful and slightly softer vocals, and the bass intro as well, as the instrumental part sounding beautiful, but a bit sad. I feel like he's lamenting his friend of misery. Uh, Rye from Sava Bloody Podcast, and I always say when I mention Rye, go listen, everyone, to Sava Bloody Podcast. It's a terrific Black Sava podcast. He says, glorious, the volume swells over Jason's entrancing bass into that B-bender part. God damn, words cannot express the feels this song gives me. Very much looking forward to seeing how it affects you and your guest, Tom. It can't be topped in my books. Uh, Ralph saying, only one of three songs co-written by Jason. I've always loved the bass intro since I first heard this song of the Black Album. James' lyrics and delivery are excellent as always. Always wondered if this song was about Dave Mustaine. Sure seems like it could be. Great song. I mean, I don't think it is, but I like that interpretation. It was a pretty good interpretation. Um, Have you read uh, Dave Mustaine's autobiography? I read a bit of it. I haven't read much of it, to be honest with you. No. Does he mention this song or James? Well, he must mention James, but... Um, Yeah, no, he mentions James, but I mean, like, throughout the early life and when um, Dave was originally in Metallica, I could probably see why um this could be inferred as like a song about dave just because um back back then in those early days i think he did have like quite a troubling um childhood like he did escape through drugs and um smoking a lot of weed as well you know and like going out and about you know just being quite reckless so i could i could probably see that you know i've got this friend um and he does seem a bit miserable you know he's trying to escape but you know don't don't gotta be like that man yeah it doesn't dave it doesn't (laughs) it doesn't and finally tom finally tommy saying uh most of the song is quite good both musically and lyrically though the lyrics may seem slightly disjointed at times special shout out to jason's bass and that sweet sweet interlude solo especially when james splits the crowd and got them to sing both guitar parts Ooh, I haven't actually seen that. And I'm guessing all the performances of this are online. Um, I watched one just before it went live, actually, when they're doing it at the Ryan Festival. I watched a little bit of it. I didn't get to the solo part, so we'll have to check that out. Um, any uh, any closing thoughts on My Friend of Misery, Matt? Overall, um, a very underrated song, I think. Yeah. Um, simple. I mean, just be, coming from um, those tweets you're reading out, obviously people are saying, you know, I don't mind it, I wouldn't turn it on. Um, but then again, you need to... I think people need to uh, 
properly give it a good go don't don't do what i used to do and you know just listen to the first half of an album you know listen to the whole thing listen it listen to its conclusion yeah because the second to last song might just be the best that's the thing if you listen to the first half of the black album you're missing out on through the never nothing else matters god that failed of wolf of man my friend of misery yeah. Yeah, yeah all those songs are absolutely fire so um yeah let us know guys in the comments at metallica pod what you think of this song or what you enjoy about this song or, or don't enjoy you know that's fair game as well um final questions for you matt the first question being um what is your favorite metallica song oh my favorite metallica song it always it's always changing whenever someone asks me this i always got to list them like a bit of top five yeah i think right now um just because um i enjoy, i really enjoy playing it on guitar right now it's got to be king nothing oh okay yeah king nothing's fine uh, yeah 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 because yeah, yeah. i it's, it's got a really good um it's it's kind of similar in structure to my friend of misery a little bit mm-hmm. um but the, the main riff it, you know just to, it does come through and it's really fun to play yeah um you know so especially that, that octave slide then ding 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 like oh man yeah 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 it's proper good um so i'd say right now that's probably my current favorite song what about favorite album of the band favorite album um i really really love ride the lightning to death however i've actually got to say i've been ever since it came out i've really enjoyed hardwired you think hardwired's better than ride the lightning Mm. wow i mean i know you're entitled to your opinion bro (laughs) it's all good i might edit this bit out but uh (laughs) well i don't well i mean this is again this is all sure. coming from someone that just uh, plays along to the songs mainly yeah, yeah, yeah. and just because um I, I really do enjoy hard and actually that's that's really unfair to say rider lightning is better than hardwired every day oh, of the week you know <laughs> yeah yeah no I, I know what you mean though i know what you mean and i can i can definitely see where you're uh well i can't see where you're coming from but i will humor you anyway um what about your favorite <laughs> what about your favorite uh, member of the band favorite member hey it's gotta be rob rob yeah. Okay. You, no, no one picks I, Rob. I respect you for picking oh, Rob. Mate, exactly. No one picks Rob. You need to have a bit of spotlight. Yeah. Right. Everyone listening. Every, whenever you, if if you're watching a video of um, Metallica playing live, or you're gonna see them live, just watch Rob crouch on the floor, pretending to be a crab, playing his bass bit, or when he's, you know, when he's playing and he starts spinning around. I think I think that's really good. How he can like you know do these different <laughs> cool things mm-hmm. while he's playing, you know, so nonchalantly and still be playing these really hard songs. And uh, seen the band live? Have you seen them at all? Yeah, yeah. I saw them back in, uh, what was it, 2017 in Manchester. Um, nice. And then I'm I'm seeing them again this summer in Manchester again. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'm going to the London date, which I think, you know, is obviously around that time. But um, how, how were they? I mean, I, I saw them in Birmingham as well on the same tour that you were on, I think, maybe the, the day after October 30th. How, did yeah. you, I'm guessing the show was mind-blowing. Oh, yeah, because it was the first time I'd seen them. And yeah. uh, they say my mum knew how much I liked them. And I've, I've been listening to them for a good 10 years at that point. And uh, um, she said to me, like, uh, Matt, I've got you an early Christmas present. I'm like, oh, what, what are you doing? Yeah, we're going to we're gonna go watch Metallica together. I'm like, oh. sick, that's fun. So, yeah, me and my mum went together. It was a great gig. She really enjoyed it. Oh, that's great. Um, I, I loved every song. And the fact that the, uh, they played um, Spell Out the Bone at the end, I thought it was extra special as well. Yeah. So, uh, final question: If you were to do a podcast like Alf Metallica about a band, uh, what's a band that you enjoy doing it on? Mm, that's a good question. Um, right now, I mean, I've been listening to a lot of Rush the past couple of years. No. I, I re- yeah, I really love Rush. I love, Rush. I love how exploratory they were. Um, you know, with their early albums, um, 
And I think Neil Peart is the best drummer that's ever existed. Mm-hmm. You know, you could have a whole podcast about his whole technique, probably. <laughs> yeah, I think, um, I think there's so a few I've, Rush podcasts out there, actually. I haven't listened to them myself, but right. I, think, I think someone else has mentioned Rush before. But 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 no, Rush is a great shout. I, yeah, Rush are fantastic. Mm, yeah. If you if you could do another podcast about a different band, what would you do? Oh my god, there's so many, man. Like I'm actually I mentioned this on when I was on Clinton Ethan's show. I'm doing it. I'm going to do another show called the Discographer, where I just go through bands' discographies because I would personally love to do a System of a Down podcast. Uh, I'd love to do a Soundgarden podcast. I'd love to do a Rage Against the Machine podcast. I love the Replacements as well, the post punk band, Talking Heads. So yeah, so yeah. so many bands. I'd love to just do like an instrumental guitar podcast where I just go for an instrumental album each episode, and you know, I just just don't have enough time unfortunately. But maybe when we finish Alpatalic Roll, um, I'll get onto something else. So I guess finally, Matt, is there anything people can um, you know follow you on, find your music or anything like that you'd like to promote? Um, well, I, I got an Instagram. That's that's about okay. it, to be honest. Um, uh, that's just at Matt McCall. That's just my name, M A T M C A L L. Um, follow me that if you really want to. Yeah. Um, I've got one post on there when I saw Metallica. There's a picture of me and my mum. You right. guys can appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go give that a like, dear listeners. Go find Matt out there. But uh, we'll be back next week. We are tackling my world, as I said, the 100th episode of the show, which I'm really, really looking forward to. And then we've got No Leaf Clover, No Remorse, Nothing Else Matters. Now I want to sniff some glue. Now that we're dead, a Wolf and Man, One and Orion. That's the next couple of months on the show. Or I should say a couple of months now. It's two a week. So that's the next month or so on the show. Uh, follow us at MetallicaPod. Get in touch with me, MetallicaPod at gmail.com if you want to come on the show. If you enjoy the show, if you want to give back to the show, you can either leave us a review on iTunes or you can donate on Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash AlphaMetallica. But yeah, this has been my friend of misery. Matt, this has been great. Thank you again, man. Thank you for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. You know, I've, um, I started watching this when you first got James Rolfe. So oh, yeah. it just got recommended to me. Um, and ever since then, I just thought like, man, if, if I could reach out to this guy, get on here, that'll be terrific. And here we are, like, uh, we like you said, start, a, a year later. Literally, because obviously I'll go through Gmail and stuff and I'll just search the songs. And yeah, it was literally March 2018 and recording is the 12th yeah. of March 2019. So, um, yeah. People, I'm afraid there will be a bit of a wait if you want to get in touch, but if you want to be like Matt and get on there. But yeah, no, Matt, cheers again, bro. This has been honestly a really good one. Nice one, appreciate it.